You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 58 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, and we are going to talk about collaboration with other authors today, just like uh, Autumn and I write books together. And we're probably not going to touch much upon the actual ins and outs of how we write together, but Dear listener, if you want to know more about that, then just let us know and we can make that a future topic for another episode. But today we're keeping, we're sort of taking a step back and we'll instead investigate why you might want to consider collaborating with another author, but then also unpack the crucial question of how do you actually find someone to collaborate with if that's what you want to do so it's a it's a pretty packed episode today so hopefully <laughs> that explanation sets things uh, up correctly but uh, yeah i think that's it autumn isn't it i think so it's sort of the the broad picture view and if someone wants to know the ins and outs of what it's really like to collaborate closely with another author especially one who's on the other side of an ocean <laughs> uh, we can touch on that one in the future yeah indeed so how have you been Oh, you know my life. It's always a bit of an adventure. I, I think that's just going to have to be like my slogan. Maybe they'll have it put it on my tom- tombstone. I always joke that I wanted um, my obituary to say, um, or my tombstone to say, to be continued, because <laughs> I always seem to have something else going. But it looks like I love my apartment that I've been staying in since uh, November, but it, I think the time here is coming to an end. It's a little expensive and it's in town. It's noisy. And we just got this lead on this little tiny cabin in the woods. So I'm kind of really hopeful that this ends up working for us and that we'll have a chance to uh, move into this great cabin. Yeah, and you're used to not having too much space, so I guess yeah. it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's tiny. It's like it's kind of a tiny house, tiny cabin. But I'm so looking forward to not hearing traffic and just there's a stream running in front of it, and there'll be birds, and you can just hear the wind and the leaves. And yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. This all works out. Yeah, the, those parts that you mentioned there about not not hearing traffic and and birds and whatnot, those parts sounds quite good to me. But <laughs> I think this the size of the place would drive me bonkers. <laughs> I have to admit, I've never I've never had hopes of living in a tiny house or a tiny cabin. I, even the one Adam and I had built was, you know, it was like four hundred and fifty square feet downstairs, five hundred square feet. So two floors of that that's a thousand square feet. That's a lot of room for two people. This is more on the 100 to 150 square feet scale. And it'll be, we keep joking, we can always write a book about our experience. <laughs> that, that is true. But on the other hand, of course, you, you don't have two kids like we do at our That's place right. here. So that helps a bit. Yes, just a very small, packable dog. We should be all set. <laughs> How have yeah. you been? How was your week? Um, I, I've, I've, I've been good, or rather, I'm I'm starting to to feel good again. So that's <laughs> it's, right. It's, you had an injury. Yeah, it's about about three weeks back. Mm-hmm. 
I was taking the trash out in the morning and the surface was slippery out there. And of course I didn't notice. So I actually fell and then I landed right on top of my wrist. So um, it's like three weeks back and it's only just now that it, it starts to feel normal again. So it, it I, I guess as we get older, <laughs> it takes longer to heal. <laughs> it is. And I don't, is there anything more tragic to a writer than injuring your wrist, even though you do do dictation? So I guess, but still yeah. a lot of typing that you do. I do a lot of typing as well. Yeah. And it, and it was really annoying because the same day when I fell, we were going to host uh, our youngest kid's birthday party. <laughs> party uh, at the swimming pool and I well we, so we had a lot of kids coming and, and what I was not going to swim myself anyway so so that didn't matter but you know it was more like keeping an eye on them and whatnot but when I <laughs> fell of course it did hurt but it wasn't that bad you know it was just like you know oh that hurts and then you sort of keep going right so we went to the swimming pool and it was already hurting in the locker room a bit, but then after a while, after we'd been there, so I think probably a couple of hours had passed since I fell. Oh. I just couldn't move my either my hand or my fingers oh, anymore no. at that point. So it was just like, yeah, it just hurt like crazy. So no, no. <laughs> that was no good. Well, I'm glad it's getting better. That sounds horrible. And I'm trying to visualize, trying not to visualize the idea of wrangling a whole bunch of young children who are old enough to be running around, but not old enough to be really responsible at a swimming no, pool party. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, but it worked. Uh, you, usually, people listening to what I say, you know, I'm I'm a referee as well, so <laughs> I'm used to uh, <laughs> I'm used to telling people what I want them to do, and usually they listen. <laughs> yes, the the voice of um, yeah, you better listen to me or else uh, that could be useful for yes. our courses. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but also uh, maybe on a different note, I wanted to mention that last night I I finished the last episode of The Witch. Oh, we just finished watching that too. What did you think? The entire season? Just the first season one, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm curious great. to what what do you think then? Um it's funny, I read a review recently and they had only watched the first half, and I highly agree with that review of the first half that it I was not getting into Geralt's um, character at all. I didn't right. like his deep voice where he was like always in a monotone and the husky, distant character, especially compared right. to what I've learned since then about the story and the books. But uh, Yennefer, when she got involved and they finally linked up those two storylines, oh, it was a blast. It was really fun and I enjoyed it. So I was, I didn't realize we were on the last episode and I went to play another one. I'm like, no! so it was good enough that i was like wait i'm not done with it yet i i was ready to continue so i won't say it's my favorite episode or show ever but i at least started getting engaged what did you think about it no it's it's a bit funny because i feel like it was almost like a roller coaster ride mm -hmm. in in the sense that the first three episodes really did not hook me mm -hmm. at all. Uh, it almost had this kind of feeling of, okay, now we're going to hunt a new monster kind of thing, you know, that, and I was a bit afraid, is this just going to be an entire season where each episode is just a new kind of monster that we are hunting? <laughs> because then I felt like that's not what I want. I, I like when there is a story arc that goes across every single episode and not like each episode is just like a single entity almost. Like, I, I don't, I don't like that. So I was a bit concerned about that. 
But then when we got to episode four, it became a, a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then I started liking it. I thought, okay, this is this is really good. But then again, towards the end of it, I felt like maybe it was the last two episodes, mm-hmm. but they started doing all these time jumps uh, between the past and the present. Yeah. And because you couldn't really see any difference on the characters, whether we were in the past or in the present, it happened quite often that I got confused about where are we now in the story? Is this the past or is it the present? And it, it took away some of the enjoyment for me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. When I think I sat up when they finally, when you finally realized that, oh, all this other, there was this one, actually two timelines that are all past being put against this third character who is, a, I guess it's present or their future. And suddenly you realize that and you're like, what? Wait, yeah. uh, they, you, they could have done a lot more. They could have done something filmed it differently different color different lighting i don't know but just something yeah just just make it clear that now we're on a different timeline right Uh, there was something there and i i think the books are a little bit different that they're based on um and then there's a huge role-playing game that is spun off of it and so i don't know if if any of that carries through but i um that was i did get a little bit annoyed at that i'm like that was kind of yeah not the best plotting that not the best way of demonstrating that there's a different timeline going on yeah, yeah, indeed. And uh, I, I, I think I would say I definitely recommend people giving it a try. And I don't know, I, I hope I'm not going to get an angry mob after <laughs> me now. But but I, I picked up that The uh, the Witcher was the most watched show on Netflix in all of 2019. And keep in mind, it was only released right before the end of the year. Almost. Wow. So, that's... so it's been watched in so much that you won't believe it (laughs) and uh i don't know in my view that speaks more about the witcher brand than it does about the quality of this tv show to be honest so i hope nobody's going to kill me over saying that but but that's that's how i feel a week on the internet with the am writing fantasy podcast so there was a, a post on the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group that really caught my attention. Oh, what did um, you see? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to share the name of the person posting it here because, well, I, I haven't asked the person if they were okay with that, so I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that. But, uh, but I think that the post touched upon a concern that I believe that many share, and it, uh, oh. that's why I, I wanted to bring it up here as well. So it goes like this. It, uh, the post said, quote, Is anyone disheartened by the oversaturation of the market? I find I get a little depressed when I see all those authors dropping book after book, series after series, and doing well too. No hate on their business, it just makes me feel like when I finally finish one of my little projects, it's not going to have a chance in hell, unquote. (laughs) So... I shortened that post a bit, to be honest. There was a bit more, but... uh, but I don't know what are your thoughts about that, Autumn. I think that's that's something a lot of people feel probably or think. Oh, I think so. I, I can't imagine being a new author right now because I'm, you know, as a I've been doing this since 2012, and so I've gotten. I, sh- don't tell anyone. I actually just released um, book 16, which was one with my husband that and he and I have been working on for a year and a half. We finally just kind of snuck that one out the door, but. I mean, as excited as I am about that, it is a challenge to to publish. When I first started, you know, there was, I don't think there's even 2 million ebooks on Amazon. And I don't even know, you can't, it's hard to find out how many books are there now. And it's, 
it's just it's beyond competitive. I keep saying eventually something will have to be done that Amazon's going to not be able to keep. I mean, can you imagine the servers to store all these books if nothing's ever pulled off? I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And it's so tough and tight out there. So yeah, I, I feel I feel that as a long-standing author, as one with lots of books, and with one, it's still hard to be visible. Hmm. Yeah, there was uh, another person who posted a response, which I think sort of hit the nail mm-hmm. on the head. It, it was a quote from Craig Martell, um, and Craig Martell said, uh, "It's a rising tide lifts a rising tide." lifts all books. Mm. Readers read a book far faster than we can write them. If those books are successful, then your books can be successful so long as you have equal quality of cover, blurb, story, and marketing. You can't expect to compete unless you make the same effort as the successful authors. It's a real job. That's what Craig Martell said. That's a very good quote. yeah, I, I think it is true. You know that there are far more far more readers out there than we can write our books for ourselves. So, so that is certainly oh, true. Yeah. But on the other hand, it is also true what you just said. In the, so the, the days where you could just upload a book on Amazon and it's expected to sell, that that's that's oh. that's gone. It's not going to happen. So I perfectly understand the concern raised by that initial mm-hmm. question there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do think it's, it is a matter of putting out professional work. Oh, absolutely. And also you need to view your author career as a long-term play. Mm. Yeah, I, I fully get the fact that when you, once you put out that, what your one, one little project, as it was mentioned, <laughs> that that's not going to move the needle much for you at all. Um, and yeah, as Autumn just said, putting out 16 books, that didn't happen in six months either, right? It, <laughs> oh, it takes no. years. <laughs> a lot of years and sometimes a lot of help. You and I write together. I yeah. write with my husband. Hey, this this sounds like a little bit about this episode maybe, but yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not all. But, but just, uh, no, and it, just building the audience takes time um, and it takes years and, and if if you look at it long term, then I think maybe you will get less disheartened because if you look at it like, okay, I'm going to release this book and I want it to compete and I want to earn, let's just say, a lot of money for like a better term of, of, of mentioning it. But I want to earn a lot of money uh, and I'm going to release this one book and I'm going to compete against all these authors who have like six different series with three books into the meets and whatnot then of course you're going to get disheartened. And, and, but I, I think it's important not to think about it like that, but more look at like, this is a long-term thing. And at some point I will also have six series with three books in them. Um, but while I'm working to get there, I'll make sure to put out professional work with professional covers, uh, the best blurbs they, they can be. And, and I'll learn how to market the books and, and then I'll sort of do it one brick at a time. I think that's, that's how you need to look at it. And, we are going to talk a lot more about that in the self-publishing success course that we have on our to-do list for 2020. Absolutely. And I'm going to jump in with, because you just did a fantastic segue into a comment I just received. It might've been late in December, but it was mm-hmm. a comment that sort of about professional writing and uh, someone who from the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group actually uh, texted me, emailed me through Facebook Messenger that said, I wanted to thank you for the, Ultimate Fantasy Writer's Guide Starter Kit. I've looked up hundreds of people who help new writers, but yours by far is the best. I'm going to have my daughter watch them. Thank you for an honest explanation on how to get started. And so 
obviously that just meant so much because I love knowing that, you know, we've helped this. He's going to give it to his daughter, but Hey, you know, you just mentioned, you know, write quality books and we actually have a starter kit that is a hundred percent free. So it, it helps you get started on the right footing. So if anyone is out there, we can get you a link and you can go work on the starter kit and hopefully get you going on that first brick in your, your wonderful castle you're building. Yeah, maybe you can make a note or them to uh, to put the link in the show notes so people can just click through there. Um, and maybe maybe I should mention as well that the self-published success course that we're going to put out, that's going to be free I too. We're just too nice. Yeah, we're insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the right word for it. <laughs> that's probably true too. <laughs> but if you if you don't want to miss that one, then I recommend going to uh, amwritingfantasy.com or use that link in the um, in the show notes that uh, hopefully Autumn will put in there, because then you'll get onto our email list and then you will not miss it when we release this uh, free course as well later this year. And uh, that way, also in the meantime, we'll send you some writing and marketing tips on the email, so that's nice and easy and. Uh, yeah, just uh, get on that list there. And on to today's topic. Collaboration. Ah. So, Autumn, I have a lot of notes on collaboration. <laughs> That's fantastic. You you are the note taker. I am the uh, pantser. <laughs> and so, which is sort of why we're good at collaborating, I think, because we put up, we, we accent each other. But let's, we'll start with yours and I will add in things and continue to grow on your ideas. All right. Yeah. So I was actually thinking that maybe we could sort of take take the conversation in three different steps. So, and, and step number one could be just to talk a bit about why you would even want to collaborate with somebody else. I think that's, that's probably a good starting point. That is. Um, And I have a few notes here and then of course you can add to it uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my first uh, point about collaborating was basically, well, you're splitting your workload. Mm. Uh, and you're also splitting the cost involved in publishing. Obviously, the downside is that you also have to split the revenues. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but at least it, it, it eases off the workload. And especially like we, we know that a lot of authors are working day jobs as well. Um, so that, that's very common. Um, and in that case, it is nice to have somebody else to share the workload with. Um, Especially maybe, you know, if you're not as crazy as we are, where we're both writing fiction books and doing nonfiction related stuff like this podcast for other authors, then you can write books twice as fast. In our case, we can't because we also have all this other stuff to do, but but at least that's how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And also... Rather than actually writing together uh, when we're talking collaboration, we should also mention that it could also be that you just want an accountability partner or like a critique partner. Um, and we're not talking about using ghostwriters here, but but more somebody like you work very closely with one person. You might each be writing your own books, but, but you just... Uh, hold each other accountable or help each other writing better books and or whatever it may be that that is of course another option i that, i know that's a bit of a a side note but i wanted to mention it anyway no, that makes sense i think unless you have more to add but i think one of my big things for collaboration is one writing does tend to be very 
lonely, very isolating. It's something you spend a lot of time in your head. And by having someone to share that with, it one gets you like, oh, there's more to life than, you know, sitting there and thinking about stuff. But it gets you through the writer's blocks better. I think the inspiration and sometimes the ideas generated by talking to someone else, it gets your excitement going, your enthusiasm going. You you go over the lulls, the little hurdles and stuff in your own writing career um, because someone's encouraging you or you just get both so excited about doing stuff that, you know, someone else is there to make sure that you don't fall flat on your face. So that's one of my things that, you know, collaboration, especially if you have a lot of self-writer doubts, it's fantastic to join with someone else who can kind of talk you off the ledge and (laughs) make sure you keep going and don't doubt yourself into a corner where you're not writing, as well as maybe inspire, like I said, sometimes bouncing ideas off of someone else, even if you end up in a completely different direction they might have given you at least the idea of a completely different direction and your ideas can really grow and blossom. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think also, at least what we've seen is that um, you are, our ideas or it, be it world building or plot ideas or whatever it may be, it, it, I feel like it becomes better because uh, compared to what I could just do on my own, because you have, as you said, somebody to to bounce ideas off, and especially if you if you complement each other's weak spots, then it be- just becomes a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that that is a real big win that you're going to get from from collaboration. So I think a lot of um, authors, you know, especially authors who use beta readers, this is sort of what they're using them for for looking for those plot holes. This is doing it even sooner and in a different way. And the result, especially since you're working with like another professional, someone else who really knows the jargon, knows the plots, knows how to really build a story. Uh, what you end up with is it's not one plus one equals two. It's more like one plus one is equaling three to five. You getting a better gain. Hmm. Yeah, and it's actually more common that, than than you might think that to uh, collaboration between authors. So I just looked up uh, before recording just to give you you some some more let's say famous famous examples. Uh, so I had a few I could mention here. So Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett wrote together. Um, so did Stephen King and Peter Strop. And in fantasy, we have uh, Anne McCaffrey wrote with uh, Mercedes Lackey and Marion Zimmer Bradley. And then the very well-known uh, James Patterson, probably one of the world's best-known authors, he also collaborates. Uh, he does all the plotting himself, and then he delivers a very detailed outline at uh, maybe 60 to 80 pages, as far as I could gather from the uh, the research I did on the internet. But it looks like an outline of 60 to 80 pages is what he delivers to the people who, who write with him. And then he has very intense back and forth conversations with the authors uh, for writing the book. So if you look up James Patterson on... Um, uh, on on Amazon, you'll also see that a lot of his books says uh, James Patterson on it, and then it says with, and then there is another author name. That's because uh, he collaborates and has other people um, writing his books as well. So it's not just some crazy stuff that we're talking about. <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> famous people do this as well. That seems so, fair enough. Before we get into how do we actually find someone to collaborate with, I was thinking that maybe we could just share a bit about uh how how does it feel to collaborate with somebody else you know uh, 
uh, other than what we just talked about, why you would want to do it, but uh, what are the upsides and downsides? Maybe we could we have a few few other things we could add here. And what what it's more like what should people be mindful about? I guess. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's very true. So. I, yeah, I guess you have to be well to play well with others. I mean, um, I think everyone has that experience maybe in high school where you had to collaborate with somebody on a um, term paper or something or project partners on maybe it didn't go well. So I think there's that inner fear that you're going to end up collaborating and it's going to be a huge issue. And um I don't know. I've found, I guess if you find the right person, it's, that's not necessary at all. I always have introduced you, Jesper, to people when I talk about um, what we do together, that it's like, you know, ending up with um, the perfect uh, term partner, project partner, because you always like do 120%. So (laughs) it's very, uh, very useful. It's fantastic when someone's always making you feel like you're not doing enough and you were usually the person who was doing it all. So those are the good things. So the benefits that you can, you know, you're not going it alone, that you're going to actually be able to share a workload and share inspiration. And yeah, it leads to maybe sharing the profits, but hopefully it's going to be a better situation than when you're struggling and doing it alone, because Hey, even if the book doesn't sell, you can talk to each other and maybe share the tasks of getting it to sell better. So it's not, it's a much friendlier and welcoming kind of feeling instead of always feeling like crap. Now, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. I would also, I, I feel it intensely gratifying to, <laughs> to, to work with you as well, Autumn, because it's, it's, it's just a lot different than when you're doing all everything or all by yourself. You know, you have also just the fact that, I mean, if, if we go to the real bedrock of it, you know, you know, you have somebody who understands the ins and outs of, of life as a writer, right. And, yeah. and you have somebody who shares your goals and you can, you can work together to achieve them. And that that's, I don't know. It's, it's just it's different than doing everything by yourself. And of course, you can go on to um, what what may be Facebook groups or whatever okay. to to build a network with other authors, and that that's all great. But but it's still different compared to having somebody who shares your specific goal, and you're both working towards achieving those. That that's that's very different than than talking to a more general author community, so to speak. No, that makes sense. That's very true. Yeah, I think the only downside I can think of, it just plays off a bit of what you said as well, that you have to collaborate well with others. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, to me, it's there is a there's a big thing to, to consider in terms of if, if you have trouble compromising and taking other people's input to heart and maybe accept that what you find is an excellent idea, somebody else might think uh, that or your collaboration partner might think that that, that's not quite what I like. And if some people are prefers to have it their way, let's put it like that. (laughs) And uh, if you're one of the persons who prefer to have it your way, then it just becomes really difficult to collaborate with somebody else because you have to reach some compromises. That's, that's just a, the name of of the collaboration game i i guess we could uh, we could call it that so um let's move on to the next section here and uh, that was more about 
how do you find somebody to collaborate with? And yeah, that I sort of have a, a whole list of things here in terms of uh, <laughs> how to find somebody. I actually, I, I put it into 10 steps. So I thought that was the easiest way to do it. Uh, okay, well, I like uh, 10 steps seems very fair. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and see. Um, I'll see what I can add to your steps. To yeah, but I was almost wide. thinking be, before I get into this, uh, into okay. these 10 steps, because these 10 steps are sort of very, I don't, I don't think mechanical is the right way to put it, but it is very much like, okay, I want to find somebody to collaborate with, give me a checklist and then I'll start, <laughs> I start building towards that, right? That, that's sort of the, that's how the 10 steps are, are built. So, but why I want to start at different places, because there is a, a lot of ways organically to find somebody to collaborate with like um very true and maybe maybe you could share a bit autumn about how you and i started to collaborating <laughs> because that was certainly not intentional and and i just no. want to i just want the listeners to understand first that uh, before i go into these very mechanical steps that that uh, there are other <laughs> ways than what i'm talking about here in a second you can, you can be the crazy pantser, and <laughs> that's me. Um, but it's true. I think, well, I think the first thing is understanding the feeling that no matter what you do, if you're going to collaborate with someone, unless there's someone you've known for a very long time, it's always going to feel like a risk and almost like out asking somebody out on a date. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> Just embrace that. But uh, for us, I mean, I have I had known you for a little while on Twitter, and we had collaborated um, on your fantasy map making book, I believe, because I'd done some world building. And so we kind of started talking about world building, but it was peripheral. Mm. And I was and... also on your email list. So we oh, emailed right. a bit once in a while. Yes, that's <laughs> right. So we, we kind of knew what each other was doing. Um, and I had just released the Ultimate Fantasy Writer's Guide as a course. And I had the M Writing Fantasy platform. And it was starting to grow. And I was honestly hiking and on this 10 mile hike, um, I was thinking I need help. I felt like this was growing and I couldn't do as much as I needed to. I couldn't be everywhere. And I was thinking about people I knew who seemed to have their stuff together. And I knew you had a YouTube channel and you were, you had books and you were promoting things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to reach out to you <laughs> and see um, if you wanted to help out on, basically it was just the website. It was what my idea was like, Hey, you want to co-run this website with me? And so out of the blue, I sent you an email <laughs> and you didn't know what you were going to get into. <laughs> I didn't, but you kind of said, uh, can you clarify this a bit? I have some ideas and I'm like, Oh, send me your ideas. And you sent me like, a business plan that I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> and so here we are two years later running a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I, yeah, I was just about to say three years, but actually I lost uh, count, but I, 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 I it doesn't matter. I, yeah. It doesn't matter. I think we're into our third year if you want to count. So it's okay. two plus years. Yeah. All right, um, right. Never mind. So there is that way of creating collaborate collaboration where you can, cold call somebody that you think is, you know, doing a good job and say, Hey, you want to try this out and see how it goes. And mm. that's what we did. We started small. We started with little things and we've each year, each month. And at this rate, it seems like it's each week we keep building on what we're doing. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, now we, we, we sort of have a fully fledged company running here almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. It's it's twenty twenty is going to be groundbreaking or finally maybe finally getting above the ground. So <laughs> it's really exciting. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so I just wanted to, um, that story to be out there as well, because so that people can hear that there are lots of ways to do this stuff. But I really tried uh, in preparation of this uh, episode to think hard about how would I go about it if I, let's say you listen to this podcast and, of, I, and I am assuming here that your goal is to make a living from writing mm-hmm. in my 10 steps. Okay. But let's assume that that's your goal. And from listening to this podcast, you're thinking, Actually, I think I would like to try that out, but <laughs> how do I do it? So I, th- I sat down and I really thought about how would I do it if I knew that that was what I wanted, but I didn't have any context to anybody. I didn't know how to, to get started. So so that's what I laid out in, in 10 steps here. <laughs> so, okay. And uh, I think feel free to interrupt me on, right. uh, along the way here, Autumn, because otherwise it's going to be a long monologue. All right. <laughs> I'll keep you paced. <laughs> All right. So uh, step number one, uh, first step is, of course, you need to start building a list of uh, author names that writes in the same genre mm. as you. And that's not too hard. Uh, you know, you can you can go to Amazon. They, they, these authors will probably appear in your also boards, or you can just find them by going to the category section on Amazon. You know, if you're writing epic fantasy, go to epic fantasy and start writing down names uh, of authors who are releasing books. Um, that will give you a long list, of course, so you need to stop somewhere. But, <laughs> but try to, try to, try to uh, build quite a good list there. Okay. Uh, then I would go and I would check if they have a decent social media following mm. uh, and if they're actively, actively posting anything on their social media uh, platforms. Uh, so this doesn't mean that you have to go any after any big names at all, because uh, often it's actually better to find somebody who's slightly smaller, mm-hmm. uh, because then both of you will be equally motivated to building a career, right? Okay. So if somebody's too big, then it's not. But try to find somebody who at least has a decent following, so that you know that they are actively doing stuff and they are act- they are active in the market. And. So that that gives you a pretty good list of authors. Hopefully, you will be able to delete some of the names <laughs> off the list just based on that. But so you still have a pretty long list uh, here at step number two. Okay. So the next thing to check is whether or not um, these uh, candidates are able to finish any levels. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, true. You want to find someone who's um, yeah, you know, productive. Yes, because the worst thing is that a lot of people like to want want to write books, but they never finish anything, and that, that's not the partner you want to work with. Especially not again, as I am assuming that you want to build a career from it. Mm-hmm. So you want somebody who can finish novels. So I'm not saying that you have to find somebody who have published twenty novels uh, to be a good candidate. Not at all. Uh, but if they at least have a few books to their name, you maybe you can find, uh, let's say, three at a minimum okay. on on Amazon to their name. Right? Then you know, okay. They, they, they know how to finish uh, a book. Uh, and you also know by then that they have some experience writing, which is also a good thing. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. And they also, of course, having published three books, they will also know what's involved in publishing. And uh, you're not 
also not accidentally ending up with a mentor instead of a collaboration partner, because that's not what you're looking for either. No, that's very true. So uh, that I think that's important. Uh, and then also here in step number two, I would also check if there is a decent number of reviews on those books. So again, I'm not saying that there has to be a ton. Let's just say that you want at least 10 reviews on those books and the average rating should be fairly good as well. So let's say above four. Okay. Uh, that that gives you some starting evidence, at least that this author candidate on your list, he, the person knows how to finish book, they knows how to they know how to market themselves at least a bit because they have a social media following, somewhat of a social media following, I should say, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they they are able to produce novels that readers enjoy because of the uh, above four average on the reviews okay. right so so yeah that sounds that's a pretty good starting point yeah isn't it? that's a good way of you know you're looking for someone who's productive knows what they're doing um can get the job done understands the marketing and is also writing you know something quality so that you know if you're gonna you know hit your horse hit your cart to a horse you want to get one that's you know gonna run the whole race yeah so Next one is number three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have uh, still still probably a pretty long candidate list. Uh, there shouldn't be hundreds of people on this list, but but let's say you let's say you you're down at like twenty or something, uh-huh. just to make up a number. So let's say you have twenty author names on the list now, where all the step one and two criteria has been met. So you go to these twenty people's uh, websites. And then I would make sure that I find the websites looking professional. Uh, and that's something that was just slapped together. Yeah, very good. Uh, because, and if this author is looking to build a career, there should be a sign-up form on their website indicating that the person is building an email list. So if you either find somebody whose website looks an amateurish or there is no sign-ups to any email list, then you delete those names off mm-hmm. the list. No, I agree. That's a very good point. So they kind of have that, um, yeah, professional level that hopefully if you're trying to do this professionally, you're looking for as well. Yeah. So whatever you have left on the list, you now join these people's email list. <laughs> and then you them. look... No. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. But But what you're looking for is one that you want to... See if they are actually sending out emails. Uh, so, do they have an autoresponder going that sends out emails so that so that they are actually contacting people who sign up? And also, the other part is, of course, you want to start getting the impression of this person. Who who are they? What are they writing about? And you know, just like a general impression. So that's step number four. Mm-hmm. So. Number five is then building on on that. Uh, So you'll need to start uh, corresponding by replying to these emails. And just like we said earlier on, uh, you and I did this a bit in the beginning as well. You did. Now I'm starting to wonder if you're spying uh, on me, if you had this plan the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) No, remember, you were the one reaching out to me. (laughs) And I can't even say that you manipulated me. It it just popped in my head. Yeah, <laughs> but I would uh, I would start replying to the emails now uh, at this stage um, because this should allow you to reduce your list of candidates further because there will be some of them where you just feel like you connect better with this person than what than versus somebody and you else. You get the people um, who don't reply back. You know, they just ha- are an empty vacuum. That, yeah, yes. so that's a very good indication. So see what kind of messages you get yeah. in reply. 
And and this is is really not uh, meant as you're trying to manipulate them into doing anything. You're just trying to have genuine conversation with them to get a feel about this person and, and sort of understand is this a person I I sort of have a good chemistry with. Uh, I, that that that's sort of what you're doing. And then you should look to reduce your your list to like a short list. Now let's say you want to get down to five candidates at this point. So cross out all the names where you feel like this doesn't really work for me or, uh, yeah, as Autumn said, if they're not replying yeah. at all. So at this stage, you have five left and uh, you can now just email them and say, uh, you know, hey, I've replied to a few. Uh, uh, or <laughs> you should not <laughs> email them. That's what I'm trying to say to say, hey, I applied to a few of your emails. So now let, let's collaborate. That's <laughs> not what you're not going to do, right? Because that's not going right. to work. Um, be, besides, also at this stage, you don't even know if you like their storytelling style or their writing right. style. So what I would do now, um, since now you have a more manageable list of only five people on it, step number six would be the that you go and read a, a novel that they've written. So you download uh, one of their novels from Amazon, the first in the series probably, uh, or whatever. If it's standalone, that's fine too. Download that and you, um, you read the novels. And that will probably allow you to remove one or two more names off the list where you just feel like I, I don't like this way of telling stories or this is not how I like to, to right. write. So get rid of those Yeah, as well. that would always get me. I'd probably end up with somebody who writes in first person and I just can't do that. So that's a really good indicator. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So step number seven is then asking. So... A lot depends on how much or and also how well your email correspondence has been going already. So, but in general, I wouldn't simply ask if they want to collaborate. That's not gonna work. And uh, yeah, I don't know who who knows. Just because you like one of their books, that doesn't mean that you'll be a good match to work together, right? So, furthermore, I would say that this other author might not even have considered that they should be working about uh, with somebody else. Uh, so a direct ask like that will probably either end in a decline or they will, they, or they, let's say they accept. And then you end up with a collaboration partner where you might like their light, uh, writing style, but, but then when you get into it, you find out that their work mentality is just not matching yours. So then you have an issue. Okay. So how do we get around? So that? I think, yeah. So, so how to get around that is that I think it's best to start small. Okay. So when you reach out to them, so mention which of their books it was that you just read. And especially important, mention why you like their book. And also make sure that you left a review of the book on Amazon or any other platforms where it might be published on so that you can basically tell them. So I read your book. The, title blah 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 i really liked it uh, because of blah 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 and i have left a review on all the different platforms for you and then you can, can proceed from there in that email to basically the next section of the email you can proceed to offer the person something mm-hmm. valuable um, so it has to be something that is easy for them to say yes to so it could be that you offer them to share their book to your email list because you really liked it. Oh, I like that. So even if you have a small list, that, that might work. 
or maybe you have a blog or something and you can offer the, uh, them an author interview, you know, anything that gets their author name uh, some exposure that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. That That's sort of the ask that you're aiming for. So you can be creative about it, uh, but, but that's what you're looking for. So that's the ask here in uh, step number seven. So if we then move on to step number eight, now you basically got a foot in the door. So you might have shared their book with your own email list, or maybe you did the author interview and you posted that on your blog or whatever it may be. So you have some sort of connection with this person by now, or these persons, I should say, because you're probably doing it with several different people. So where you go from here becomes a question of how to build the relationship. So it all will depend on the email conversations you've had so far. And perhaps you need to email back and forth a bit more before you go any further. But where you want to get to is to slowly familiarize yourself um, with this author's work uh, with the aim to work on something smaller, collaborating something smaller together. Oh, I like that. Uh, so step number eight is basically just about trying to sort of expand upon the relationship a bit so that you feel comfortable that you could uh, work together on something small. I like that. So sort of like a short story or just something small. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that that's basically step number nine. So we're getting towards the end now. So step <laughs> number nine is basically um, to figure out if this person's work mentality uh, fits well with yours and the only way to do that is to work on something together so as you said a short story a collection for example could be a good idea uh, but again make sure that you make it really easy to say yes so if you offer for example to say if you say okay i will handle all the publishing i will handle all the splitting of the revenue and all that uh, let's say troublesome stuff that that the other author might be thinking oh my god i don't have time to do all that <laughs> if you offer to do all of that then it becomes an easy okay. sale and if it's only like a short story collection, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's not much at, at, at risk for the other author here anyway. So, so they probably won't mind trusting you with uh, doing the revenue splitting, even if it, because it's, it's going to be minor right. anyway. Yeah. So you'll then, let's say you, you go with this, uh, you can be creative and, and think of other ways as well, but, but I think a short story is, is a good way because it doesn't take too much time either. Um, so you then work together on this and stuff and, and you will figure out whether or not you are actually working well together. Um, and if you do, then hopefully by this stage, you will have narrowed down your list of uh, mm-hmm. candidates out, down to basically right. only one, right? So at this point, you need to find out, okay, we are working well together and all the different steps be before this step was successful as well. So... Here's basically the point where you can then start saying, hey, maybe would it be idea for us to collaborate together on a full right. novel or even a series <laughs> if, if you want to pitch that. I really want to take a bite out. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to play it dangerous like, like Autumn does, then you, that's what you can do. <laughs> I like jumping into the fire from the frying pan and not knowing where I'm going. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, uh, but that then my step number ten is basically so. Of course, uh, at number nine there will be a yes or no, and then of course if you get a no, and and there was one of the other people on the list that you also did a short story with that you really liked, then you can move on to that person. Um, I know that sounds a bit horrible. It sounds like you're sh- shopping <laughs> for people, but. Uh, but if you really want to collaborate with somebody and it doesn't happen organically for you to find somebody, then this is a way to do it. Um, but we are missing step 10. Oh, yes. Well, what is step 10? Yeah. So step 10, now you have already found somebody you want to collaborate with. Um, but before you start any like large scale collaboration on full series or something like that, I would say at this step 10, if you have like gotten to the agreement to say, yeah, I, I could be interested in collaborating on a full novel uh, or even that series, then I would make sure to have a meeting with that person. Um, and there I would say it doesn't have to be a face-to-face meeting, but it should be a video call at least so that you can see each other. It could be Skype or Zoom or something like, uh, I think. Uh, no, actually, I think back in the day, uh, Autumn, I think we yeah, used Google Hangout. I was going to say, but, we, uh, we still have not been on the same continent, so... Um... I was close. I was in London no, and you're over in Copenhagen, but we didn't quite made up that time. So yeah, we still haven't met. So and we've been yeah. together doing this for two plus years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, you use Skype or Zoom or whatever, but the key is that you get to talk with each other while mm-hmm. you can see each other. And then the purpose of that meeting will be that you need to align what it is that you want to achieve. And basically sort of you lay out, okay, these are my goals and the other person lays out, these are my goals and you want to see that there is a match, right? So that the one person doesn't say, well, I would actually like to collaborate on a series and uh, I don't really mind if it takes us 10 years because I have a lot of other stuff that (laughs) I actually do, Uh, but you are wanting to build a career. So you're saying, well, I was hoping we could do it in one year maximum, right? Then you have an issue. So it's much better to get that out of the way before you get started. And, uh, and I think that's 10 steps to find a collaboration partner. That's definitely very true. And I definitely thought the way you're mentioning, you know, not just coming blurting out, will you collaborate with me? Because, I hadn't really thought of it till you said that, but I've actually had two people prior to starting to collaborate with you who kind of came out of the blue and like, hey, I like what you do. Will you do this with me? And I was like, "Uh, no. (laughs) I think it's just a gut reaction. It's like, Mm. I don't know who you are and I I don't know if I really want to share what I'm working on. But we've built this up gradually to where we're writing novels together. It wasn't our first step. No, no, indeed, it was not. Uh, we, we started out with the M writing fantasy stuff. Uh, we had a lot of plans from the get-go with that, but, uh, <laughs> yes, but, the, but the fiction collaboration was something that came later on in the process. But I, I, And I think I understand why the gut reaction is to say no if somebody just reaches out cold like that. Because honestly, I mean, uh, I, would, I would do the same thing uh, because... There are dreams and hopes. And they're, they're so private and but personal. Yeah, that, that's one thing. But I, I think the other thing that I was thinking about was more like it, it's a big, big time investment, right? Oh, and, yes. and you don't want to go in and say, okay, to something or yes to something that is a huge time investment unless you know that this is a person that, one, I like the person. No, I know that they are professional and three, I know that they 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 have a good work work ethic that matches mine, and we have the same kind of goals. I mean, if you cannot tick all of those boxes, you're gonna huge you have a huge time investment on your hand that you'll just end up 
figuring out later on that, uh, okay, we don't have a match and then you wasted a ton of time, right? Yeah, so. time you could have been writing. But I mean, yeah, to give perspective, you and I meet every week for two hours. Plus we send each other a ton of emails through the week. Uh, we've gotten to the point where we can, you know, build stuff through, via email, but we also, we still have our time talking to each other every week. And of course we're doing that with the podcast, but that's, yeah. if we added up those hours, the amount of time we spend talking to each other. Yeah. It, it's a very, this is a very serious relationship. you got to get along yeah. with your partner. Absolutely. I also want to clarify, like when we talk about, you know, you work well together, sometimes that's everything from, you know, plotting, character building, you have, yeah, I'm a bit more of a pantser, but, you know, to work together, you've got to be able to mold that into something that you collaborate with and build something together and figure out how you're going to write, you know, is one person writing first and the other one's adding things? Are you both, you know, swapping manuscripts back and forth so that you're building it as you go, or one person has a character and one has the other character? You've got to figure all that out for yourself. And if you can't, that's a pretty good indication that this might not work out. Yeah, I think that's true. And actually, I just thought of one more thing. Uh, I know we, we're running a bit long on this oh, episode no. here, but uh, All right. uh, but one thing not to forget, uh, maybe to finish off with here. But okay. if you do want to collaborate with somebody else, you are going to have money between you. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you create a contract that sets the terms and the conditions for your cooperation. Because... Basically, what you're doing is that you're running a company together yeah. and, and a, a company cannot be run on the basis of trust. Well, it can, as long as you're good friends and everything is nice and dandy. But uh, <laughs> in the minute it's not nice and dandy. <laughs> yeah, but it, it just happens. You know, Com- companies breaks up and people they go into disagreements about this and that. And I just have to say that, you know, agreeing on the details mm-hmm. about, for example, how to exit a contract or how to split money or whatever it may be. It's a million times easier to agree on those details while you're good friends. Oh, yes. Because once you're not anymore, it's going to be a nightmare to try to sort it out. It is. Or so, even uh, if it's not a friendship dissolving, but a health issue or a family issue where someone's got to step back. Yeah, They're not going to have the mental yeah. capacity, the mental time and energy to be able to say, you're right, let's figure this out for the next three hours. They're going to be like, no, I'm busy. This is why I'm leaving. So, yes, figure that out beforehand. That way you know who's you know holding the cart and... Hopefully, whatever happens, you know, life does go on. You can't ever say it's going to be the same, especially with, you know, me as your crazy partner. So (laughs) (laughs) that's why we have a contract, but it's good because then we're always on the same page and we can just refer back to it and we know where we're going. Yeah, and and there's no reason to debate or discuss something because you did that up front. So everything, all is clear for both parties. There's no reason to end up in uh, misunderstandings and stuff like that. So it just keeps things nice and clean. And I know a a contract sounds really boring, (laughs) but uh, you, you have to put it in place. You do. I agree. So next Monday, we have a topic which has come up over and over and over again. And that is about... Uh, how to use dictation. Hmm. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. 
For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the M Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.